Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Day one of the US Open brought to you in association with The Telegraph and Amazon Prime Video UK. The home of the US Open in the UK is underway, very much underway as we speak to you, following Andy Murray's first match in a Grand Slam tournament for 14 months, 412 days of inactivity at Grand Slam level. Captain Whittaker is already surprised by that stat that I've just unearthed because uh, that's the level of detail I've gone to uh, and he's been victorious. We're, we're we're halfway through the day, but and we'll talk to Catherine in a minute. But first of all, we've got a really good guest, an amazing guest. It's Daniela Hantakova. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. How's your first day been uh, inside the Amazon Prime Video UK studio alongside this young woman? Yeah, it's been amazing. Honestly, I couldn't wait for this to get started, and especially working with Catherine. It's been such an honor. You know, I'm trying to learn from her every day as much as I can. And uh, yeah, you know, we've, we've been com- coming here already quite a few days earlier um, just to make sure we settle down. And I think all of us just couldn't wait for it all to get started. Does she give you as hard a time as she gives me? <laughs> no, she's absolutely lovely and she's been so inspiring and as I said, I try to, you know, watch what she does every day um, because to me, you know, I, she's she's the best and so, like I said, it's a privilege to be working on the same thing. Blimey, no, we're on, we're no wonder you wanted her on the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll have Danny back, won't we? <laughs> yeah, crikey. Uh, how's it gone so far? I mean, crikey, there's been a lot going on. We've had three British players all in action. Uh, Andy Murray through... Kyle Edmund and Heather Watson out. Yeah, and our, our first match that we covered of, of uh, Prime Video UK's coverage of the US Open was the first ever ex- first round exit of a top seed and the women's side at a US Open. It has never happened before in the 50-year history of this tournament as an open tournament. Simona Hallett went out... For me, the most extraordinary thing about it was that she went out in straight sets to Kai Kanepi, that there was no sort of fight back, that there was no third set tussle, you know. It it was always losable, that match to Kanepi. She's a six-time Grand Slam quarter-finalist. She was a quarter-finalist here last year, whereas Halep lost first round here last year, albeit with with a shocker of a draw. So it was always losable, but... I don't know, something about the way she lost it and, and, you know, how flat and and just unable to get herself going she was. She, she seems emotionally drained to me, which is very understandable. And 
and maybe she has become because she is prone to that she's prone to the emotional ups and downs maybe she has become reliant on Darren Cahill to to give her that injection of, of emotional energy and and there was nothing to turn it around for her today it felt like she needed a shot in the arm and there was nothing to give her that what did you make of it all yeah I totally agree and also we talked about the fact that she's one of the players she's a smart girl so she thinks about things a lot and probably I think as Catherine mentioned uh, when we were live she just needs maybe a little bit more time to digest that French Open title because I know to me like when I when I of course nowhere near her level but when I won a big title I you know everything happens fast in tennis and you go to another tournament and you kind of like you can't just check out and I think she just can't wait for this season to be over and to really appreciate what she's done there at the French Open and I'm sure she's gonna have a great uh, 2019 but to me it's gonna be tough now from onwards until the championships and you would think you know she's qualified for the championship she's got her first Grand Slam title that she would be in a happy place and she actually said that in the press conference when you talk to her but there is so much negativity sometimes with her and she sometimes gets into this dark place and unfortunately that's what happened today. Can you relate to that a little bit having been out there that I mean we've seen Catherine mentioned Darren Cahill sometimes he's able to sort of wrench her out of that mindset but it's, it is a lonely place sometimes, isn't it? I can totally relate to that, especially also coming from that part of the world. Uh, we have, do have uh, similar mentalities in that way that we expect so much from ourselves. We do work hard for things, but at the same time, we, we, the expectation sometimes just gets at and I, and I struggle with that big time, so I totally can get that. And also, as Catherine mentioned, uh, Darren, being able to always pull pulled her out from that uh, dark place it's been very helpful but she's got to find a way to do that by herself and it is I mean it's much easier said than done should also say a word for Kaya Kanepi I mean she's 33 years of age you kind of don't hear from her for, for months and even years on end. I mean, she's had horrible injuries and then she will do this from time to time. Yeah, exactly so. I mean, that's how her entire career has been. Like, she checks in, checks out big time. Like, she goes away for six months and then suddenly she wins three tournaments in a row or something like that. And actually, Simona said that herself when she saw the draw, she did not like that because she's a very dangerous player. She does not give you any rhythm and that's the last thing you want in the first round of a slam. You know, you want to find that momentum get into the match I mean I think Simona knew that she has to make her move but it was just impossible because Kaya was just going after everything so all the credit to her, to her she went uh, she went for her shot especially on the returns she was getting tight at the end that's where Simona had the chance to get into the match but no uh, I mean she played a very smart uh, tactical game what was going on in that couple of hours when we we had Kyle and Andy and Heather Watson all playing at the same time I mean I can't really remember that. And we've been coming to slams for years. And from a British perspective, covering tennis, here we are on Amazon Prime's first day. And they get everybody playing at the same time. And, and Andy Murray out on a court on a Grand Slam for the first time in all that time. And, I mean, how did he look to you? Yeah, we've had a total baptism of fire today, haven't we? Yeah, there, you know, there was a point There was a point where, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't wishing for Heather to lose, but it was sort of at least like, OK, well, Heather's on her way out. She was a set and a breakdown. So we're like, OK, you know, that, that one looks like it's going to be over soon, so we can at least focus our attentions out there. And then she went and fought back. She did lose eventually, yeah, but that, you know, tough draw, Katerina Makarova. But, um, yeah, obviously main focus of attention has to be Andy Murray. Um, yeah, who actually ended up uh, drawing pretty much the only person in the draw ranked lower than him. I don't, I don't think that's, I think, 
in fact, maybe that is maybe that is the case. Anyway, they're obviously both playing here. And who's who's had more rankings. surgeries and, and has had a worse time He's physically? Had five surgeries. Five. Poor old James Duckworth. Seems yeah. like a nice bloke, too. He seems like a lovely bloke and really, really played well for a set and a half. Really, you know, hit the ball hard, was taking risks on the second serve. Jim Courier in our commentary was talking a lot about how beefy his second serve is and Murray's returning stats weren't very good and I saw some rumblings on Twitter that, you know, that was quite alarming because, you know, in the early stages of his comeback, sort of the return was one of the only things that looked like it, it had used to but he was struggling to pick that serve you know it's, it's a it's a weighty weighty serve from James Duckworth and I think he said that in his on-court interview actually that it took him a while to figure out where to stand to receive and there's no doubt he grew in confidence with his movement you know I don't want to <laughs> get carried away and say Andy Murray's back to where he was it's you know he's going to win the tournament but the most important thing is it got better as the long match went on rather than worse he stood up to physical scrutiny well what did you think of his performance yeah, yeah we talked about uh, it before the match that we did not really want Andy to be tested physically because we were just not sure where he was and he actually got tested and got through so I think great sign there uh, from Andy's perspective but I gotta say James played very smart tactical game again I think for the fact that he had Leighton Hewitt in his box and obviously Leighton playing Andy for so many so many times um, he you know he was attacking uh, Andy's second serve coming in not trying to again give him the rhythm because as soon as they were in the rallies Andy was the better one of those two and that's a good sign physically that just proves that you know he's he's not back yet but he's on the right way on the right way I mean, can you give us an idea what it is like coming back from an injury. I mean, we've seen him tentatively play best of three set tournaments. He decided not to play Wimbledon. Watching the first set, you, you could see the frustration, uh, the, the sort of mental sharpness wasn't quite, the decision making wasn't quite where he wanted to be, the execution wasn't quite where he wanted to be. And it felt like he was trying to just get over the line in the first set. He wasn't really taking it from Duckworth. It, it looks like it does take a little bit of time. Well, obviously, I've never been anywhere near Andy's level, but I can't tell you how difficult and frustrating it is when you're coming back from an injury because you know how you should play and how you can play, but your body just doesn't allow you to do that. And that's what we saw sometimes. We were saying with Catherine that you see amazing shots from Andy and then suddenly you see some that... You know, it's just understandable because he's been away f for so long. So he hasn't been able to be rock solid throughout the whole match. But that's just something that needs time because, you know, he's been away for so long. So to me, he's just doing extremely well. It was funny watching the match with Daniela in the studio because it was it was in that second set. It was when Murray started being grumpy and crotchety and grouchy that Daniela was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be fine now. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the first set, he was just too flat. And that's not Andy. So as soon as he started to talk, I'm like, yeah, OK, things is going to change so why is it, though, that when we talk about Samana Halep, we, we see that negativity and it doesn't work, but with Andy Murray, it does work? Yeah, because with Simona, it's just so, it is just super neg negative. And you know it's not going to help her. It's something that Darren tried to work for so many months, years now. Um, because as soon as she starts to talk to the box, she's just trying to put the pressure on them. With Andy, it's different. He's just letting out the frustration. He still knows he's in charge. He's responsible for all of that. So with Simona, it's almost like, okay, help me, let you know, she's hoping that those guys are going to suddenly jump out of the box and play the match for her. Where with Andy, I think it's just, you know, just getting the frustration out. That's a really interesting point, the responsibility thing, because there was a there was a moment where it flickered through my mind. Because I remember 
when I spoke to Halep on Media Day, which already feels like a thousand years ago, Super Bowl style Media Day, um, on Friday, um, when she, you know, as I said in our preview pod, I didn't want to mention the draw because you never know how much the players have looked at the draw. And she brought it up. She said, well, look, I've got a horrible draw. And I know that. <laughs> um, and Federer did the same as well, incidentally. Um, or was it? And yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned it with regards to Federer in the preview pod, but Halep did the same. But not first round for Federer, whereas with Halep, it's straight out of the blocks. Exactly, and I, I, there were, it flickered across my mind, maybe that's a bit of a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, it took the... It, you know, it was a... It was a okay, well, you know, it's not, it's not so bad if I lose this. or whatever. An excuse. You know, just, yeah, just an off-the-hook... I, I don't know. And again, to me, I mean, ever since she lost that finals in Cincinnati with player that's mentally strong, you would think, okay, she made fine. Uh, she won the Montreal. She made finals. So you know, perfect setup for the US Open. But with her, you can feel like even one match, how much she can change mentally. And so, from my own experience, whenever I started to talk to my box, was literally just looking for any help and just putting the pressure on them instead of okay, like what I have to what I have to do to figure this out and with Andy it's different because he puts the frustration out but you can see like mentally he's thinking okay what can I do to improve can you see this now but you couldn't necessarily see it then of course it's so much easier said than done um, you know I see things that I wish I saw before but I guess you gotta take that step out away from the game and I just wish I had this mentality while I was still playing All right, so it's a common common theme uh, sorry David but just I mean we but just to emphasise the point about the physical test that Murray came through at the very same moment that he was out there battling for, for three hours and 18 minutes and, and improving with every one of those minutes, Kyle Edmund, who we know is a very hard, hard worker, he doesn't shirk things on the, on the physical effort front off the court he was out there suffering from cramp on court 13 and losing in four sets to Paolo Lorenzi by all accounts um, he was in a pretty bad way physically towards the end of that match so really disappointing for Kyle I think that one's going to hurt but yeah, I had a chance to speak to Kyle afterwards and he did not seem that surprised that he'd suffered physically and it wasn't as much it wasn't just the cramping which he said he has had tests done for and, and he got given the salt uh, sachets by the trainer he was more concerned about the fact that he just I mean and I found this quite surprising he doesn't think he's fit enough at the moment he, he said I, I'm not ready I'm not, I need more work and uh, the the uh, the tonsillitis that he's had he's, he seemed to feel that that had really set him back and, and it takes time to build up the fitness I mean he is a Trojan on the, on the, the practice court he works so hard in training and, and there, was, there was a moment where Simon Briggs uh, a colleague from the Telegraph said to him do you not think maybe it's the other way around and that you actually need a rest you know and, and, he, he's, and it, he didn't like the question I mean he was irritated by being questioned on that and but it's an interesting one isn't it because does a player know Daniela what they actually need I mean is it, there's always a, there's always going to be that tendency to think right it's not going very well I'm going to work even harder and maybe sometimes that's not the best thing for you well there is a fine balance between you know you are out there on the court when you play the match and it's all up to you you have to do you know nobody's going to do anything for you so you have that mentality kind of I know best 
and it's so hard to listen to your the people you've got around when you're outside the court and that's where I think a lot of players do make mistakes that you know they think they know best so for example in Kyle's case he thinks he's got to work even harder and he can't really see the other side because just he's so into what he believes is right and I've done the same mistake so many times I thought okay this is the way this is how I got to do it and if I actually listened to the people around me I would have been much better off so it is it is that athlete mind where uh, you sometimes gotta let go and actually let the people that understand what they're talking about to do the, their business and I mean that at the end of the day that's why you hire them for so it is but at, at the same time you don't want to be like Simona today you know looking for help outside the court so it's it's about finding the balance but I'm sure you know with the experience he's going to learn his way tell you somebody who looked like they needed some help today was Grigor Dimitrov who lost in straight sets to Stan Wawrinka and I, I feel sort of split about this because isn't it great to see Stan out there given how he looked in in January when he when he decided the day before the tournament to play the event and he said look I've got to start somewhere and here he is playing glorious tennis but poor old Grigor just looked lost out there today yeah, talking again about that uh, that mindset, maybe a little bit stubborn, not willing to ch- do some changes that he obviously needs in his game. Uh, where I What do you think he does need to change? Well, first of all, a little bit technically on the backhand side to me, that swing is a little bit too high up, and that's why he can't really get over the ball the, the way Roger does. Because, I mean, to start with, the shot looks very similar, but then there are a few little things that, um, especially in slow motion, you can see it very clearly. The same on the, on the serve. He's got that little tweak at the beginning of the stroke where I think he just loses a little bit of momentum and energy and at, at this level that's what it's all about but I, I, I doubt whether he's actually willing to make those changes because we talked about year, uh, years about how you know technically it's just the same as Roger and maybe that got to him a little bit and so I think he needs to take a step back go back to basics whatever worked for him to get him to this stage not what, what works for him now but what worked for him before and I think throughout your career you realize that a lot when you, you to me he has to let his ego go and forget who he is go back to basics I mean he, he does work hard but there's a difference about working hard and working on the right things and he needs to do that what was interesting for me about that match we discussed it a couple of days ago I think we both felt that Vavrinka would win it's similar to Halep straight sets straight sets okay I think he had break points uh, sort of midway through that third set and you thought maybe he'll take it to a fourth didn't get them didn't take it to a fourth didn't and I haven't seen his press conference maybe he was just being very dignified on the court and magnanimous in particular because there's so much warmth towards Vavrinka because of what he's been through but he didn't look gutted or angry or you know he didn't look you know, that's a heavy heavy loss first round is the eighth seed you know that's 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 a shock of yeah. I mean, it's it's a horrible draw, but it should be a dogfight, and actually, yeah. it was fairly routine. Well, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah, and also um, giving the credit to Stan because he is actually willing to listen. He's got a great coach in his book, and Magnus knows ex- exactly what he needs to do. And the difference between Grigor and Stan is that Stan actually listens to Magnus. And I think that's what Grigor needs to listen to the right people. And yeah, I'm just so happy for Stan because it's just a matter of months maybe even weeks that he's going to be really at his best because he does the right things 
as a as a, a police car comes past. Maybe it may be coming for Greg Rosetsky, who's been been in the studio. No, he's all right. I hope it's got some dogs in it. I haven't seen a single police dog, David. Day one of the US Open. Sort it out, Catherine. You must do now. better. No, the the NYPD must do better. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you're in charge of tracking dogs <laughs> down. That's one of your jobs. So, anyway. The eyes are peeled, David, trust me. So, um, yeah, uh, j- just very quickly on, on Dimitrov before we move on. Can you make technical changes to your game during your professional career when you're that good? I mean, is it still possible? Of course you can. Look at Roger. Ever since he got uh, Lubicic in his box, he's taking the ball on his back and much earlier. And he does that with a coach that he's probably beaten 10 times before. So that just shows the difference. The, the, the difference between the real champions and someone like Grigor that is close to being a champion but still hasn't been able to do it, which I believe is because of this. I mean, that just shows the greatness of Roger hiring someone that, you know, I mean, how many times has he beaten Lubo? But he's listening to him and changing things around. Rafa the same. He goes on the practice court, okay, not in the tournament, but in his practice weeks. And, I mean, he's changed his serve at least five, six times. Same, okay, on the forehand, he doesn't really need to change anything. But, you know, coming into the net more. So the top guys are there for a reason because they are always looking for things to improve. Fascinating. And, Catherine, I just got very briefly there and inside him what it is like to sit behind your desk up there next to Daniela if you happen to say something that she doesn't agree with because the withering look that she gave me when I suggested that you might not be able to change technically when you're in the mid-career she looked at me as though are you mad I mean what are, you don't know what you're talking welcome to Greg's world <laughs> <laughs> no it's an absolute joy it's so interesting Daniela thank you thank you for, for your insights I before before we go for now because I will be coming back on later to, to wrap up the night session tell you what's going on should say is that that's Rafael Nadal right next yeah, to your we, studio we do have the best seats in the in the house that I gotta say yeah it's right next to the practice courts there are one two three four five practice courts here and we're, we're right next to Carlos Moyer and Rafael Nadal hitting and the Amazon Prime studio is here where Catherine and and uh, Daniela are sitting prediction please Fernando Vadasco against Andy Murray I'm going with Andy, just because, you know, he has a great record against uh, left-handed players because he can take the ball early on his backhand. And I think it's a nice match to for him to play because he's not really the favorite, but he knows he can beat Fernando. So I think right now it's all about how he, how well he can recover for that match. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could stand here talking to you all day, Daniela. It's been absolutely <laughs> That's lovely. That's exactly what I get to do with my day. Oh, well, I mean, you call this work? Crikey. Anyway, Catherine, anything else I missed? Oh, well, uh, you, we've got Andy Murray coming to the studio in a minute. So, Have you? Yeah. Oh, I might so. stick around. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they are literally rearranging the furniture in there. Isn't right, well, I better let you go and sit down and talk to him then. Where you're standing, though, is very convenient because you are shielding my eyes from the sun, well, such, such you, is your stature. Have you not seen that I've been deliberately doing <laughs> that? Because that's the sort of bloke I am. Daniel, it's been lovely to have you with us on the Tennis Podcast. Do hope you have a fantastic fortnight here. Yeah, we will, for sure, definitely. Thank Great you. stuff. Right, well, I'll speak to you a lot later. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, several hours later, Catherine Whitaker and myself are in Catherine's lobby once more in the exact chairs that we did our preview show here at the US Open. It's the um, Putney Exchange Costa Coffee of New York City. Is it? Well, a, the, reason, the only reason we're inside is we were going to do it outside. But there's this bloke with a pneumatic drill. <laughs> and, I mean, it is midnight here in New York. Oh, my goodness, the noise he was making. It was made it unpodcastable so out of love for you dear listener we've come inside uh, and we are here to wrap up the day and first and foremost when we left you Andy Murray had just won and was about to come and speak to you Catherine in the Amazon Prime Video studios what did he have to say goodness me where to start I mean he, he he's becoming increasingly more relaxed and, and less guarded and, and more revealing seemingly with with every passing week really i mean um the 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 first question i asked him because i as i recounted on the podcast at the time i was so struck by what he said after uh, that victory is his first victory back over Vrinka um in eastbourne when he said uh, the first thing he said was well it doesn't feel i expected it to be i said you know this is 
this is another big thing that you'd have been thinking about for for 13 months is it what you expected and he said uh, no <laughs> I mean it it didn't seem quite the same sort of bittersweet um feeling that he he obviously had in in, in Eastbourne the 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 emotion seemed less tainted than they were in Eastbourne certainly but you know it's that I think it's that you know end of exams feeling that most people can can relate to I'm, well, I certainly find it very relatable but um yeah I mean it, there's no doubting that today was huge for him absolutely huge it's it's hard to to understate it really um and uh, he spoke very profoundly about those tears that we witnessed in Washington I mean that was the 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 most startling thing that he had to say for for me really opened up was a question that Daniela put to him actually about that he said it was you know an absolute outpouring of emotion he said it didn't stop on the court he said it it carried on in, in the locker room it carried on back at the hotel that night it was you know for for all of us watching we're thinking this is you know as extraordinary a, an emotional moment as I've witnessed from a from a top sportsman it was it actually turned out to be sort of even even more so than than we in fact realized at the time and and I I followed up by asking him um about how aware he was of, of the impact of it and how widely it had been um picked up on and noticed and and um as I said on, on Twitter at the time I think I think it was a hugely impactful moment. I think for for men's mental health in a, in a world that is extremely blokey and laddie and and in Murray's own words today, where emotion is expression of emotion is viewed as a weakness. He was certainly, if not aware immediately, because he said, you know, I, I was I was away from from home and and everything, but he certainly seems to have become aware and seems proud of of how whatever size of a step forward it was that he made mm. that day and he wasn't self-consciously doing it it was obviously just a completely instinctive thing but um yeah it was you know he's he's a great talker he's a credit to the game and um j- just finally um i mean you should just watch the interview <laughs> rather than listen to me try and rephrase andy murray's words for him but uh i asked him about his head-to-head against fernando vidasco who he plays in the next round 13 and one you know it's a pretty great head-to-head i think the last time he beat him was 2009 well the only time he beat him um was 2009 i said you know given given where you're at in the last year you've had did the head-to-heads go out the window a bit and he said no <laughs> no the fact that I've beaten the bloke 13 times is going to be a really big help to me in that match going to be using that one yeah 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 and and he referenced himself in fact the 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 confidence he has playing lefties actually that he he knows his game shapes up well against lefties Nadal aside I suppose because he's just such a unique animal but you know that angled cross-court backhand does does damage against lefties and he you know he he knows that and he'll take confidence from anywhere he can Sloane Stevens has won tonight uh, we've just watched Serena Williams win in the pub Catherine and I were in the pub having a burger and beer as close to a pub as you can get in New York City I'm, I, <laughs> we found an establishment that literally called itself New York Public House <laughs> Or Public House New York, 
A lot of Googling required for that one. Public House New York. It did what it said on the tin. It played uh, 90s pop music and served beer and burgers. We were in our element. It was fantastic. Uh, Yeah, and we watched... uh, We we made them turn off the baseball so that we could watch Serena Williams win through um, in her extravagant dress uh, that we we were trying to understand how it had been designed because we read an article uh, about uh, the designer of it um, all very glam uh, and and it had the word logo written on it I I didn't understand I think for a mere $900 it can be yours David right I'll I'll get on it Um, you you were looking for a gift for your wife (laughs) yeah Okay, well, it ain't going to be that. Um, so, yes, uh, Serena threw against Magda Lynette, straight sets, Rafael Nadal mm, wiping the floor, it would appear, with, uh, with David Ferrer as we leave it. We'll come back on if it changes around. In a sleeveless top. He was wearing a sleeveless top. Yeah, it, it, really, it really is 2005 again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's partying like it. Um, so that's that. Um, so what, what's happening tomorrow? Oh, goodness me. Well, uh, what have we got tomorrow? We've got people like Federer. Yeah. Joe Conter against Karen. Even in session for Federer. Uh, really? Really. Yeah. <laughs> We've done this in the first show. Uh, and Conter is playing Garcia. Um, third match on. Yes, Conter playing Garcia. Uh, who else have we got on the women's side? We've got Caroline Wozniacki, Garbina Magarutha, Marie Sharap. No, Sharapova played today. Didn't no, she's no, playing tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, she plays Patty Schneider. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the 86-year-old Patty Schneider who managed <laughs> to come through qualifying. Fantastic. Del Potro's about to win. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Poor old Donald Young was not looking happy out there <laughs> at all. I, I tell you what, though, another uh, one of my moments of the day, our, our, our prime video studio backed onto the practice court. It's an, in, an incredible spot. And, uh, you know, plenty of players get a good reception on those practice courts. There are lots of crowd, I swear, that just come in to, to watch practice all day. But no one, absolutely anything like the reception that Juan Martín Del Potro received. We, we couldn't hear one another speak in the studio such was the volume of the there was some kind of um, rousing Spanish melodic chant going on Del no no was I mean I can join in with that I vaguely <laughs> vaguely understand the lyrics of you know Delpo uh, but no it was something uh, uh, something more lyrical than that it was very rousing and I mean wow if you know the words send them in at Tennis Podcast right we're going to get to bed day one is done at the US Open this has been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph and with Amazon Prime Video UK they'll be back with you tomorrow Catherine will be presenting you can watch all the tennis on there if you're in the UK we're of course executive produced by Melody Bowes by Triple S by TennisBalls.com Charlie the Ferret is our mascot the uh, Manga Club is one of our sponsors we'll be back tomorrow 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.